The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. You're listening to the hottest, the hottest NBA podcast out. Yeah, I said what I said. She's heating up. It's the Heat Check. The Heat Check. Heat Check. With Trista Crick. On this episode of the Heat Check, is the NBA turning into Major League Baseball? Ugh. Unwritten rules getting salty at running up the score? That's some bullshit. Who are some sleepers for the most improved player of the award? We get into some mostly good news from around the league, and we even have a nice interview with TNT and NBA TV's Jared Greenberg. Nice little uh, additional bonus interview. Lots popping around the league, so let's get right into it, William. Drop that motherfucking beat that should be Rihanna. So I do another radio show. Uh, and I have talked Major League Baseball on New York Sports, WFAN, and I am acutely aware of how old school baseball fans are. They, they have these unwritten rules that uh, like never pimp in when, a, you do have, when you have a home run, which I would always do. I would pimp a home run every time. I would twist and flip that bat every single time I went yard. Uh, don't crowd the plate and never, ever ever run up the score. All of it, all of it, every single piece of it is bullshit, by the way. Absolute garbage. It is designed to make bad teams and bad players look mm, mediocre. Just like not as bad as they probably are. And now, folks, we are dealing with the same damn thing in a league that I thought was progressive. In a league where I thought they led the charge in being ahead of the curve. We are now dealing with something I didn't even really ex- think existed, unwritten rules of basketball. And I have some thoughts. I am fired up about it. Let's start by looking at the shining example of how a league should function as it relates to fandom, the NFL. One of the reasons that people all love the NFL well, not all of them, but the people who love the NFL love the NFL is because the games are meaningful. We know that every single week teams are going to compete to the best of their ability. Every single 17 games are exactly, unless you're, I guess, in the 17th game and you are already made it in, but no, every week is a meaningful game. When you're down 21 points with three minutes to go, everyone is trying to win and anything can happen. There is a level of competitive spirit that you can feel. And did you see what Miami did not too long ago to the Denver Broncos? Put up, put up 70 points on their dome piece. The NBA largely, I feel, 
many fans have become a little less enthused by the regular season because we don't know who's in, we don't know who's out, we don't know how long they're going to be in. Oh, Kawhi's in. Like, is he playing 20 minutes? Is he playing 30 minutes? Is he playing at all? We had Jokic get late scratch last game. We had MB get late scratch. You're kind of just like, why should I care? Why do I care about the regular season? The playing t- tournament came along, and they made the end of the season more meaningful. But it actually made probably the beginning and middle of the season less meaningful because teams are like, oh, all I have to do is get to the 10 seed. But the problem remains. Regular season doesn't matter. And with low management, we don't even know what players are, their, their competitive spirit is going to be when they do play. Does this game matter to them? Are the Bulls going to cover against Milwaukee because they're crosstown rivals? I don't fucking know. And, and the truth of the matter is, outside the TNT games, which we know players get up for because they love the national TV shine, and, we, and, and largely they know that they're going to get straight clowned by Shaq, Kenny, Charles Barkley, if they don't show up and act right. And that, folks, is what we have now with the in-season tournament. I didn't, I didn't expect it when the in-season tournament was created, but this point differential thing has brought back the intensity, the competitive fire, where we know on a Tuesday, on a Tuesday, and on a Friday, everybody is looking to embarrass the other opponent. I don't care. I don't care if you're a team that we should beat by 15 in a regular night. We're beating you by 30 tonight. Why? Because we need to beat you by 26 to get into the next stage, into the knockout round. And in real regular season games, if you're a team that's dog shit and you're like the Wizards, you should lose by 40 every night. Because the truth of the matter is we should be, we should be aware of how bad you are. And it should be completely illuminated to the point where things happen and accountability takes place like we've talked about with the Detroit Pistons recently. But in the spirit of the game, in the third quarter, the other team that's beating the shit out of the Wizards, they might rest their starters. We might get guys that you've not even heard of that are on two-way G League-type contracts that are getting 10, 15, 20 minutes because we don't want our guys to get injured and we don't want to embarrass the poor old Washington Wizards. Fuck that. Seriously, fuck that. This was now on full view in the in-season tournament between the Celtics and the Hawks, right? This point differential, Celtics and the Bulls. Due to the point differential that the Celtics needed, where they had to win by 26 points, with five minutes left in the game and up more than 20, Joe Mazzulla decided he would make a substitution. And instead of substituting his starters out, he substituted his starters back in. In goes Tatum, in goes White, in goes Horford, in goes Jalen Brown and Drew Holiday. Why? Because we need to win by as many points as humanly possible. We don't know what other teams are going to do. They not only played their starters, they say, you know what? It's the playoffs, baby. We're hacking Andre Drummond. We know he's a 45% lifetime free throw shooter. Let's go to Hack-A-Shack on Andre Drummond every time that motherfucker touches the ball. And Billy Donovan, head coach of the Chicago Bulls, was irate. He came up to Joe Mazzulli. He's like, what are we doing here? What is this? And Joe's like, well, I I need to beat you guys by 26 points or more in order for me to go to the next round. So uh, I'm not taking no chances. And this is what Joe explained. And, And 
actually, Billy Donovan came out and, and said some things after the game as well. No, I just, you know, Andre is, is a veteran guy. And I, you know, to, I, 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 I told him, and I'm like, what, what, what are we doing here? You know, like, I'm, I'm totally fine. Like, I get it on keeping your guys in, wanting to get in. The league's made a big deal. But they also, in fairness to them, they got to deal with the rules too. You know, if they're trying to get into, you know, Vegas, there's things that they got to do, you know. And for me, it was just the, the fouling. And, and and Joe was great when I talked to him. He, I mean, he understood. And, you know, he didn't want to. He wasn't trying to do anything. But I also understand the situation he's in, in terms of he's they're trying to get to Vegas. So, like, it's just a tough situation, right? And I'm not gonna. I said this before. I'm not gonna. You know, necessarily, he's got to coach his team and do what he feels right. You know, I just felt like, okay. Great, keep Tatum, keep keep bowling. I've never ever keep, play all the way to the end. I'm like, I'm, I got no problem, with the you know. But I just thought it was putting Andre in a tough spot in a 30 point game. I just, I, 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 I didn't, I didn't like that, you know. And but he was great when we talked. There was no, I, I understand what they were trying to do and trying to get there. And listen, the league is this is for the league, right, right. You know, so like I understand it's, but this is what the league's done. You know that they've made this point differential thing. And I feel bad for them from this standpoint. God forbid in a game like that. Work. Yeah. That's that, that, you know, and again, you know, as a coach, you're always up against that. You know, you're up by 10 points, there's two minutes to go, and you start stubbing, you're not, because you've seen, you know, leads. But when you're up 30, and there's five minutes to go in a game, and you have all your main guys in there, and potentially someone gets hurt over, you know, a playing tournament, I mean, excuse me, the in-season in tournament because of points, man. You know, and but I also understand like the league's made a big deal of it. Everybody's trying to take it serious, and for them to get to Vegas, there's there's a point difference, and I understand the situation Joe's in. You know, so there, there was no hard feelings, and he needs to coach his team and do it best. I just felt bad for Andre in that situation. Is, is, is how I felt. You can tell Billy Donovan is old school. He doesn't believe in keeping your starters in. He doesn't believe in Andre Drummond getting hacked because. Oh, it's embarrassing for Andre. They're up 30, and they put Andre in a tough spot. Honestly, it's not Joe Missoula's job to protect Andre Drummond. It's not Joe Missoula's job to protect Billy Donovan and the Chicago Bulls. It's Joe Missoula's job, and I've never been a huge Joe Missoula fan, but his mindset in terms of staying competitive and finding out ways to win games and figuring out what the rules are and playing in the gray areas, this is... This, this comment that he made put me firmly feeling a little bit more respect for him. I thought it was the right thing to do. Uh, actually reminded me of a story. My dad played in Chile for five years, and they played the same aggregate best of, uh, best of two score differential. My dad's team was up two seconds, and the other team thought they needed to win by six. Uh, but my dad's team was winning, so they purposely scored on their own basket so they could force it into overtime and try and win by six. And so uh, to me, it's like you by any means necessary within the rules. That's what I was going to say. You do just tell you what the rules are and you will play within that structure. And find gray areas along the way. And find gray areas along the way. Yes, Joe Missoula. And if coaches were split on this, so were the players. Josh Hart of the Knicks says, I don't really like it. It kind of messes with the integrity of the game. Donovan Mitchell says, it's different. But at the end of the day, you're playing to win. You're trying to get to Vegas, get to the tournament. But it's definitely a little weird. Jalen Brown says, it's tough because that's not how the game is supposed to be played. You've got to respect your opponents. But Devin Booker, my man, 
if Kobe was alive for the in-season tournament and he was in his heyday, he would be basically saying what Devin Booker said, which is this. I've seen teams upset about it. I don't know why. I've seen players upset about it. I don't know why. Um, I mean, honestly, I wish every game was like that where you could play to the end and, you know, it wasn't viewed as disrespectful. Um, just high competition. Just high competition. Unwritten rules are in place largely to make mediocre teams and mediocre players look better than they are. I am against that. I am against finding ways to not embarrass the players or teams that you're going up against. I'm sorry, I'm here to win. I'm, this isn't gold stars and participation trophies. I'm not here to make you feel better about yourself. You don't wanna lose by 30? Then fucking stop me. Stop me from scoring. Who cares if a power hitter pimps a 500-foot dinger against a scrub? Who gives a shit if Tyreek Hill gives you the bye-bye or flips the deuces as he runs away from a DB who was, like, blown coverage? Who cares if the Timberwolves run the Pistons off the floor by 36 instead of sitting their starters and winning by 14? Who cares? Losers care. That's who. You know who cares? People who are afraid to get exposed. That's who cares. The IST, I fucking love it. Why? Because it tells you exactly who's who in the NBA. Who's with it and who's not with it. And you know what? I am not shocked that Jalen Brown is respecting opponents out here. He respected the Golden State Warriors a little bit too much when he decided he didn't know how to dribble a damn basketball in the finals two years ago. Maybe you should focus on that, Jalen Brown, instead of the unwritten rules of the game. I want more knockout. I want more group play. I want an entire season of group play. I want four, four group play tournaments. Last two standing, like Hunger Games, play in the finals. I don't give a fuck about the conference. I don't care about the history. I don't care about how it used to be. I want the best, most competitive basketball on every single night. And I am like, inject the in-season tournament into my fucking veins. And I think there's really something to be said for, not just the $500,000, which I think a lot of us overlooked that it was going to be meaningful. A lot of players make less than $4 million. And that 500000 if you could get 25% of your salary as a bonus for a couple of extra things that you're already doing in your job, you would want to do them. But the thing that I think people are really overlooking, or they did overlook, the NBA didn't overlook it, that's why they did it, is the fact that everybody says, they're not saying, I want to win the cup, do they? Have you heard anyone say, I want to win the cup? No, they're saying, we're just trying to get to Vegas. Oh, yes, yes. You don't think they want to break up the monotony of going to Memphis and Minneapolis to go to Sin City at a time where all the other fledgling teams have to play their regular season gross-ass games? They want to go to Vegas. They want to see Michael from The Sopranos. They want to play craps. They want to go to Tao. They want to parlay. They want to enjoy Sin City. Give me more in-season tournament. Give me more months of playing hard and entertaining games and embarrassing your opponents. I personally am all for it. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role 
like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Let's move forward. Let's talk about the most improved market in the NBA. It is Friday. You know what time it is. Time to check in on the NBA futures market. Today, we are looking at the most improved award, which is kind of a sleeper future bet. I love the most improved player award because it tells you that there are players on the come up that you need to keep an eye on. In some ways, the most improved player award is the best predictor of NBA success. Here are the last 10 winners in a row. Paul George, 2012, 2013. 2013, Goran Dragic. Ah. 2014, Jimmy Butler. Hell yeah. 2015, CJ McCollum. 2016, Giannis. Woo. 2017, Victor Oladipo, RIP that knee. 2018, Pascal Siakam. 2019, Brandon Ingram. 2020, Julius Randle. 2021, John Morant. 2022, Lori Markkinen. Not a dud in the bunch. Very impressive list. Even Oladipo was a bucket before he got hurt. Goran Dragic, do, do not sleep on Goran Dragic and how he used to be. Just Goran Dragic in the bubble. How he was before he hurt himself. That man could give you 40 on your dome piece, especially in international play. Do not sleep on Goran Dragic. The year, this year, though, the market is absolutely crowded. But here's who I'm looking at right now. I've got two favorites that I like, and I like two long shots. Let's talk about the favorites first. I will start with the rocket ship, the presumable favorite in the, all of the markets, plus 100, Philly, Tyrese Maxey. Tyrese Maxey was about 11 to 1 until the moment James Harden got traded, and he went from 11 to 1 to plus 195 overnight. He is currently sitting at plus 100, which means you're just barely getting even money to bet somebody who you get your money back in six months from now. That tells you how they're feeling about Tyrese Maxey. If he continues to play as well as he has, which he's been balling, putting up 30 night-to-night bases, shooting like eight threes a game, getting his teammates involved, Philadelphia's winning, he will continue to be the favorite and probably will win this award. My other favorite that is no longer really a sleeper that is just incredible. I would prefer him to win this award over Tyrese Maxey is Alperin Shangoon. Because why? Shangoon, as much as I like Tyrese Maxey, was just absolutely slept on, disrespected, left for dead in Houston. Not only did he go to a terrible situation for multiple years, they were ready to discard this man. He's now plus 300, by the way. He went from plus 2,500 to plus 300. But Maxey last offseason was off limits to any trade. You couldn't even trade him for Damian Lillard. Do you think you could have gotten Alperin Shangun for Damian Lillard? I'm saying yes. I think yes. I think Ime Udoka would be like, deal. Fine. You can have him. Shangun was seen as a potential trade piece from the moment he got to Houston. Just Steven Silas didn't know what he was doing. Bless his heart. He didn't want to use him. There was this quote from the Houston Chronicle where he said, I'm not going to run plays. For Alperin Shangun. He's getting the first play of the half and the, and the first play of the second half. We're not running anything for him. If he can't stay engaged without the basketball, then that's on him. And by the way, that man can't play a lick of defense. So we don't even know if he fits. That same Houston Chronicle article where like 
hey, maybe Alperin Shangun should just come off the bench. For who? For Bruno Fernando. Okay? This man is now plus 300 to win most improved. What is Alperin Shangun doing? He currently joins Jokic, LeBron James, Joel Embiid as the lone players averaging 20 points, 8 rebounds, and 5 assists per game this season. He went from, we're not even sure what you are, how you fit, whether we should keep you here, to he's the number one player on a team that has the best defensive rating, a bunch of guys that are veterans, and buckets, lottery picks, etc., etc. And not only that, he's much fucking, must fucking watch. He is Jokic, baby Jokic. And don't ask me, ask Nikola Jokic himself, who says he kind of looks like me out there. Which is why it is no surprise that Alperin Shangun, a.k.a. Alpi, a.k.a. just the year. He's now doing Dirk moves, by the way. It's over for the league. It's over. The league is in such a good spot. It is the golden era of the big man that can do everything that a guard can do, but much taller. On to the long shots. Someone that I like. Someone that I feel like probably won't win this award, but definitely could win this award, is Tyrese Halliburton. Tyrese Halliburton gets traded to Indiana. He has a good year last year. I think they kind of just like pity put him into the All-Star game. Like he was good enough to be in there for sure, but like I feel he was more of like a last-second deal yeah he was not at the top of the all-star he was a reserve so the fact that he was an all-star doesn't really bug me a lot some people think the all-star shouldn't win most improved but man is he a lot better than he was last year he's averaging 26 points four rebounds and 12 assists the man is averaging 12 assists and he's shooting 45% from three. And remember, this man had his three-point shot critiqued by every scout in the league. They were like, he can't make it in this league with that push shot. And he's putting up 45% from deep. He is lifting the Pacers in a way where they are now the number one scoring offense in the league. He has found a way to make Miles Turner not only usable, but valuable to the Indiana Pacers. He's gone from plus 7,500, which is 75 to 1, to 35 to 1 in the last month due to these ridiculous stat lines where he is putting up 30 on your dome piece, 35 on your dome piece, and like 17 assists. He is the offense. And he's not, like, remember when James Harden just the other day was like, oh, I'm not a system player, I'm a system player? No, like Tyrese Halliburton is the Indiana Pacers offense. Everything runs through him. Every bucket. He's the Caitlin Clark of the NBA, and they're the number one offense in the league. Give that man the damn award. Which is already true also. This, this like, oh, you're too good to win most improved, but you probably should win most improved. This other player, I think, could win it too, but I don't think. I think he's more likely to win an MVP in the future than most improved now because everybody already is on the hype train. However, he sneakily... Very consistent, not missing games, and really, really good. Zion is a beast. We know that. If he stays healthy this year, he's only missed four games. He could potentially steal this award. No one's talking about the Pellies yet. No one's talking about them. They just got C.J. McCollum back. I'll talk to you about this in a bit. But they're about to get Trey Murphy back. Dyson Daniels has emerged. Herb Jones is a defensive specialist. I tell you what, the, the New Orleans Pelicans, they're just 
hanging in the grass like a lion waiting for their prey. And all the other teams are just gazelles. And Zion is a big piece of that. He went from off the board, meaning you can't even bet on Zion most improved, to 60 to 1 in the past two weeks. 25 points, 6 rebounds, 5 assists, shooting 50% from 3. And on Wednesday against the Sixers, I know there was no Embiid, so do not give me a hard time about it. 33 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists, 3 steals. Oh, Zion, baby. You're active out there on defense. Remember, Zion largely has been known as a defensive cone. A cone. That's what we call guys that don't play any damn defense. And now Zion's getting three steals in a game? So if you want a flyer, put your money on Zion. Put your money on some uh, on some Pelicans futures because, oh my God, if he stays healthy, he could actually win this award. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 